welcome back to the Rab Mountain People podcast with me, your host, Andy Cave. In this series, we delve into what it means to be bold. If you're climbing, hiking or running in the mountains, there will always be an element of risk. But being bold is not necessarily just about physical risk, of course. At some point, we all encounter mental barriers. Whether it's a fear of falling, a fear of failure, or trying to adopt a mindset for optimum performance, simply to be the best we can be. Here's a taste of what's ahead. So off the route, it was all about trying to manage my expectations and remembering that I actually the goal is just a way, you know, the outcome of sending the route is like a, a direction to put my efforts in, and actually, you know, um, the whole process is what's valuable, even if I don't quite climb it. For this episode, we are back in North Wales, chatting with RAB athlete, instructor and coach, Angus Kill. He knows a thing or two about being bold. He's climbed big, hard free routes on El Capitan. He climbed the infamous, terrifying Indian face on Cloggy as a youth, and recently set his sights on climbing a 9A sport route in Spain. I wanted to know what he'd learned about setting big, ambitious goals and making them a reality. How does he handle the pressure on the climb how does he handle the pressure off the climb? And how do you prepare for a 9A? Also, what's it like trying the same project as your partner, in this case, Hazel Finlay? And how do you handle falling or the thought of falling? To me, it seems like a deep-seated, basic human fear. Here we are in Bryn Revel, is that how I say it? Yeah, that's good enough, I think it's as good as I can say. Bryn, yeah. Bryn Revel. Okay, nice. If you, if you can roll your R's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think, cool. Yeah, pronouncing Welsh names well is the next best thing to speak in Welsh. I definitely can't speak Welsh, so. Perfect, but how, how long have you been based in North Wales now? Um, oh God, uh, like six or seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm very much yeah. like a country person now. Yeah, brilliant. I belong yeah. here. <laughs> awesome. Just need to learn Welsh. Yeah, nice one. I guess we can get into chatting about Spain. You you and Hazel have just been to Spain and had a super successful trip. How long are you out in Spain for? Uh, six weeks, or just over six weeks, yeah. Okay, and obviously you had a big goal out there. Did you, was that something you, you'd been out and checked out a goal before and then you trained for? Was that the... Exactly, yeah, and, and that's the first time we've done it that way, really. We had a trip in November yeah. to go out and um, look for a route, and so we kind of went out. Um, without the intention of climbing a route and then uh, found something really cool that we thought yeah we'd be happy to have a huge project on this and then yeah yeah came home and trained for two or three months wow. spent a full awesome. winter in Wales which I haven't done before yeah I think yeah, came back out I say so full winter like <laughs> wasn't quite full the project I mean describe it a little bit it's obviously where it is it's, it was in Catalonia? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's near Oliana. A lot of people know yeah, Oliana. Famous um, place. Yeah. Um, it's sort of just a little valley off that same valley. Yeah. Uh, so Perlez is what yeah. the crag's and called. What attracted you you personally and maybe both of you to the to the route? Um, well, it's in a lovely place. It's really quiet there. It's in this, this quiet little valley. And you know, the um, you're sort of 15 minutes walk from this tiny, tiny hamlet. And you can sort of hear people talking in the hamlet. I mean, they speak quite loud, right? But um, <laughs> it's that it's that quiet in the valley that you know, like a little dog barking or something. It's um, so really even there. smaller and quieter than Bryn Revel. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Um, so it's really really nice place. Yeah. And the it, the route is the line of the crag. 
it's kind of hard to describe but it, it takes a big long rising um or sort of like almost almost um it's like an upside down ramp you know a big yeah. um you've sort of got a sort of 50 degree steep 80 plus first half and then you get a cool rest in the middle that you try and hang off your um, knee for a bit and then you get a this really cool sort of 15 20 degree overhanging headfall which is kind of british actually quite sort of techie lots of moves to make any height so um, the fact that there was a there was a strong line and there was a bit of that technical british style probably that attracted you to it because obviously you're both trad climb as well as sports climb so exactly, it, it yeah. kind of had that vibe yeah and and that you get the different um two different styles you've kind of got to be good at like really steep uh climbing where you sort of drop loads of knees between side poles and um and you've got to be good at all that techie stuff um and also what's um unusual about the route is that it doesn't um it's not harder if you're short and you know hazel's only sort of five foot two or something and it's it really is it's not it's not a reachy route it's quite cool for the whole well, it's, it's like 35 meters of hard climbing it's <laughs> brilliant it's not reachy it's really good yeah awesome and and did you when you went on it before you sort of started training what did you think i need to get better at this or that what were the specifics was there anything um, uh i definitely needed to get better at power endurance so like you've, you've got power and you've got kind of endurance right you've got power like um what you think of as bouldering and endurance you might think of like a really long sport route but that bit in the middle where you're doing a really long boulder problem or perhaps a short route i'm not particularly good at like 45 second type time yeah, segments yeah yeah um yeah that kind of thing. and it can rain you get short end power endurance sure. and long end power endurance and maybe there's perhaps a bit long end power endurance but um so perhaps it suited us a little bit more than i thought but i think trad climbers um are kind of or particularly i am bad at that you know i'm good at the endurance or the um the long end stuff because i can hang around on a jug for a long time putting in gear or not even a jug sometimes and then I've got, I'm okay at the sort of bouldery bit because I can move quite quickly between bits of gear. But I can't um, keep going for a long time on hard holds or hard moves. And so, yeah, that was a real weakness for me. Yeah. So that, was, that was a lot of what I trained. Right, okay. So that like ANCAP, long boulder type of... Exactly, yeah. yeah. What was it like mentally kind of committing to, you know, the hardest sport climb you've ever done? in a kind of you know it's quite far away isn't it did yeah. it feel like quite a big a bit of a risky thing to be doing or was yeah it? it did yeah i mean on one hand knowing that it was the hardest thing i'd done and um, it, it kind of felt like it was um reasonable to find it really hard you know i've got to go all in here and yeah. i felt like that was just the um a good reason to, to try as hard as i could and it was okay to fail that kind of thing yeah but on the other hand yeah it being a bit further away and having this time scale and as soon as i'd like started putting lots of work into it had already made sacrifices i suppose or if and it felt like that had to i started to want that to pay off so when i started the project i was like i want something so hard that it, i don't mind failing on it because i just i am there to be at my limit and i'm there to fail and almost you know i really want to um i really want to be so close to, to my limit that i really don't know whether i'm going to be able to do it and that was kind of what I was looking for when I was looking for the project yeah, and, yeah. and Hazel too. Um, but when when I started making the investment of time and, and training and everything and effort, I started to feel like I wanted to pay off and that was quite hard actually. And then obviously because it's not 
close to home, you've got a time limit, and you know we actually run out of Brexit days. You know, had a certain number of days in Europe now, um, so it really felt there was a bit of time pressure, and I kind of had to get it done in this period. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to manage those pressures, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that was yeah that was one of the hardest parts of the project really. I think um, you know again one of the reasons that I tried the project was to sort of um, deal well with all that pressure and be happy to fail and all this kind of stuff. But in practice, it was a lot harder. And um, the pressure off the rock I actually found harder than the pressure on the rock. You know, when I was actually climbing, it almost felt like a break from worrying about climbing the route. Yeah, <laughs> felt like oh you know I'm just climbing, I'm in the moves now. Yeah. And I think perhaps from trad, I've just got used to um, really focusing on what I'm doing while I'm on the rock. Yeah. But I've not learned to deal with the pressure and fear of failure um, that I get what all the rest of the time when I'm when I'm on a trip or I'm thinking about the route and like rehearsing in my head like seven times before I go to sleep. <laughs> and red pointing, which you know, for people listening who don't know what that means, but that's where you can basically you're it's often on routes, isn't it? That are, safe so they've got bolts in the rock so it's not like you're gonna hurt yourself but you're trying things really hard and you've basically got to start at the bottom and climb to the top clipping the carabiners in the bolts and um, if you haven't done it and you're more from a trad background which was me years ago you sort of think hmm, you know that's a bit like I don't know it's not like oh, years and years ago I think that that's not real climbing or yeah. something and then when yeah. I got into red pointing myself I was like it's one of the hardest styles of climbing because often right. you trying things that are really hard for you can be and certainly if it's a long project I mean it can be quite brutal can't it the pressure yeah. and I mean you were out there for what six weeks yeah and right. how did it play out in terms of both of you on it did you have a strategy in terms of both on it on the same day or rest days how did did you have a system yeah we had um, yeah so we, we both tried at the same time and we'd maybe um, to begin with it took us so long to like work the route out and try and solve it because as you say you know um, it's like a performance thing as you said it's bolted so it's not a um, a challenge of trying something dangerous the danger is usually taken out of it so it's just this performance thing and you're trying to climb as hard as you possibly can and so we have to like solve the route and work it all out and all of that took so much time that to begin with we had to kind of share the days and you know one of us would have a better or a more full day on the route and the other one wouldn't and usually we'd have to have a rest day straight afterwards so we'd have to have like one day on one day off on the route and we pretty much kept that up most of the trip because um we just didn't have the fitness to to keep sure. doing so much work and when you're trying to solve it's like it's like a puzzle right you're trying to solve this puzzle of how this really hard bit of rock could be climbed and how my body kind of fits into it and all these little small decisions of all oh, what if I change if I make this little bit low down on the route a bit easier you know um, I might have enough energy to to climb that bit higher all of this kind of thing um, before you work all that out you, you're kind of climbing it all wrong <laughs> you're climbing it all badly and that's a lot more effort than climbing it well and so later on in the trip you, you sort of um, you're able to spend a bit longer the route or you you have a bit more energy because you're suddenly climbing it well and sure. um, then we could have we just share the day quite nicely yeah. so I don't think we I mean the name is it, is it Escalamatas Escalatamasters okay yeah. well said and 9A so that's quite yeah big deal and did you climb it did you have different 
sequences, you and Hazel? Yeah, we had really different sequences. That was really interesting, actually. We were definitely climbing the same bit of rock, but it was <laughs> it was really different the way we moved on it. Um, and it's also funny because Hazel and I sort of have similar experiences of climbing in that we have similar tastes in climbing. We both like trad. We both like on-site trad. We also quite like headpoint trad. And we we prefer to spend our time on trips and maybe working remotely rather than training. And so um, we both have quite good sort of stamina endurance. Um, um, maybe I'm a little bit stronger at bouldering, but Hazel's, you know, um, the difference is that Hazel's really, really flexible and she's much shorter and she's very smart. <laughs> she's very good at using her body. Whereas I like perhaps, um, although I am like compared to relatively quite um, quite good at being technical and efficient. I'm not quite not, not the same level Hazel is, and um, I, I maybe like re rely a little bit more on being strong and quick between moves rather than hanging around and finding the most efficient sequence. So it ended up that um, we fit really different in, into the route and we played to our own strengths. And that, yeah, we climbed it very differently, actually. And how do you deal with the pressure on the mental side of it? Do you, do you have different approaches, would you say? Um, I actually have really similar approach. You definitely have really similar philosophies of like how to approach climbing. And we do have quite similar ambitions and stuff. Hazel's better at that. You know, that is really one of her strong suits, her, her head. And, you know, in the moment, and particularly on like bolder stuff or like, scary stuff that is kind of my strong suit i suppose uh, one of you know one of my strengths is um staying focused when th you know things are hard or a little bit a little bit scary perhaps um but Hazel, hazel's very good at trying hard and not letting pressure um distract her particularly like um fear of failure whereas it was for me fear of failure is like much worse than fear of falling or anything you know yeah i'm, yeah. I'm not as scared to fall as i am just a to fail and and let myself down and not not meet my expectations or something sure. like that. And it's I crippling. guess trying it together as a couple, any challenges with that? If yeah, you know, one I really person has a good day and then the other doesn't, and it's like you get back to the van and, and how do you chat? You know, like well, um, I didn't think that would be a problem at all. But you know, it was really challenging because I didn't know. Um, I spent when we were training winter. Hazel was saying, "Oh, you know." you're going to burn me off, you know, you're going to find it so much easier, you're so strong, she's watching me climbing on the board, but climbing on like a 40 degree moon board isn't the same as climbing on rock, and when we got on the rock, she <laughs> she was just so fit and climbed so well, and she climbed it much quicker than I did actually on the trip, and I think that'd be a problem because we're so, so supportive of one another, yeah. and we're so, in, you know, we really do want each other to climb it, but after she, she climbed the route, I was like, oh, well, you've left me behind here and you've made it look easy <laughs> and now now we're not in it together we were in it together we found we both found it hard we both had like struggles with it and then oh she left me behind I, was, no. I felt like I was nowhere near the route and then it was also uh, a full forecast of rain <laughs> felt oh, like yeah, yeah so quite a bit of pressure then <laughs> to deal with yeah yeah, yeah. a fine effort pulling through that and what did it actually when you actually did it um, or what? What thing? What extra things did you have to do to sort of clinch the deal? Because I know you wrote a nice little blog which I looked at, and it sounded like you. I mean, to an out a non-climber, they think, "Wow, this is pretty." But I mean, it's pretty abstract. Pretty abstract. <laughs> the things. I mean, managing your skin. Talk us through the kind of yeah, top well, things that you felt made a difference. 
So I said before, you know, like I really wanted to do something that was right at my limit and um, that I'd have to um, put everything into, you know, and that basically means not relying on being a bit, a little bit stronger than the route or a little bit fitter than the route, i.e. I couldn't just get away with climbing it badly or like slightly badly or, or I had to really, I really wanted something that um, was so close to my limit I couldn't really um, neglect any aspect of that project sure. and um, that was quite consuming when I realised that anything could conceivably affect the project you know like how what you do on a rest day like if you have um, if you do too much exercise or not enough exercise or um, if you don't eat enough or you do maybe you do, maybe you eat too much or something or like how long you spend in the shower like if that'll make your skin too soft and it'll just rub, rub away on the rock or um, it's yeah, it became quite all-consuming, and even like how many times I would rehearse the route. You know, you can really make like good neurological connections by practicing the route in your head, visualizing like it, it, visualizing exactly, yeah. and that helps you remember it. It kind of cuts cuts out like a split second every time you need to make a decision, but apparently it also makes your your muscles fire more efficiently. You know, wow. um, and that became obsessive. I just I'd I'd be mid conversation and I'd be just thinking about. A certain sequence on the route, you know, I'd zone out. Um, you probably had an idea of the, like, how long it's going to take as well, like so many seconds to get to this hold, and then yeah, the breathing and yeah, yeah. So that became, you know, the breathing and things like that. That became good, really good tactic on the route. So off the route, it was all about trying to manage my expectations and remembering that, you know, actually the goal is just a way. You know, the outcome of sending the route is like it, just I. A direction to put my efforts in and actually you know um, the whole process is what's valuable and and even if I don't quite climb it all, all of the efforts I've put in are still the same and they're still valid and they still I still have made the same improvements I still would have learnt loads all of these stuff like all of the process would still be really valuable I've got to kind of really remind myself that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know my motivation is with the process and yeah. really the outcome is is like you know just a way of directing my efforts Kind of hard to easier said than done, you know. I yeah, definitely yeah, sure. kept thinking about the outcome, but on the rock, I got you know I was much more practiced in being focused on the rock, and that meant um, you know first of all reminding myself that being present on the rock was like the best way to climb it, and there's, you can't really climb something when you're just thinking about having climbed it, or the fact of like having already sent that route. So yeah, like um, focusing on breathing and things like that, focusing on like. Um, where you where you're where you're looking and and um, what the rock feels like beneath your fingers, like just little anchoring things, and then you then you um, you climb better because you you know you're in the climb you're in you're in the moment sort of thing. You also enjoy it a lot more. It's like if that's kind of like a like what they'd call flow state. You know, yeah, you're really uh, in the moment. You you're just sort of part of the task or whatever. You know, did you? The day you did it, or the time you did it, did you kind of know, or was it still not a done deal, or was no, there something? What was no, there? it definitely wasn't a done deal. Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah, like I think the time before I did it, right, um, I had not made progress really, or, or like I'd made progress in the sense of I had got fitter, or I'd learned something about the route, or I'd learned something about my own climbing and things like that. So that's progress, right? But I hadn't really got any higher up the route. <laughs> you know, maybe like I'd. Uh, I was reaching for a hold and then I managed to touch the hold and then I got the hold really badly. And then I got the hold quite badly. 
and then I sort of got the hold. Like, that's the kind of progress I was making yeah. after over two weeks and like, that's a really long time to not get any height on the route, <laughs> especially when you've put so much pressure on yourself. Sure. Um, but I think one day I was particularly focused and I just um, changed my way of climbing the route, Team Beta, to just a more natural, the way I'd originally tried it and the way I'd like practice it by making replica holds on the board in the loft. And I, I, I think I just did that without thinking, but I just reverted back to this old, like, it's a little bit counterintuitive because you're further from the hold, but it's a more natural body position and you're kind of centered below this hold so that you're putting downwards on it a bit better. And, um, and I just did, had one of the best climbing experiences I've ever had. I, would, I climbed so much higher than I'd ever climbed on the route and I fell right at the top of the route and I was completely focused. It was, it was so much pressure, but I was just move by move by move by move, just climbing this, super, for me, super hard route perfectly. And, that, you know, it was, it's still, yeah, it would be one of the best climbing experiences I'll ever had. It's interesting, so, isn't it? When, you, when you're really committed to a sequence, a certain way of moving up the rock, and you've invested a lot of time in it, it is really hard to maybe step back out yeah. and try maybe an older sequence or something could be just because you like there's that yeah. investment bias I guess you've put a lot of time into yeah exactly yeah and I, it, yeah investment bias that's, kind of, that's definitely the right phrase for it and it seems really abstract right but um, that's kind of what you, you're doing with these red point climbs you're, you're learning all these really small subtleties these really marginal gains and you're climbing close enough to your limit that just the smallest twist of the hips or you know, even for me, this was just actually dropping down a bit on a hold, like actually moving away from my target hold to reach it. And just that smallest difference, it really matters. And, and that's sort of how close to your limit you're trying to climb. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what the differences make. What did it feel like when you actually did it? Describe I, that. I was, um, so I that day I actually, um, I woke up feeling really quite ill, actually. <laughs> I. Uh, We'd, we'd had a tr quick trip to Barcelona um, to see um, my brother had a baby. Okay. And um, uh, I don't know, post-COVID, any, any population centre, we seemed to get a little bit ill. Right. So I came back from Barcelona and um, I just felt ill that day and we almost didn't go to the crag. And I had one go on the route and I felt, you know, even though I didn't feel very good, you know, in my head, like just as in a headache and everything like this, I actually climbed quite well and enjoyed being on the rock and I enjoyed climbing hard or, you know, trying hard. And I thought, and I got through that move again, you know, that move that stopped me for two weeks, I got through it again. I thought, oh, what a pleasure, you know, that's so cool that I can still climb this hard when I feel a bit ill. You know, if I have another go now, it'll be a good training and I'll get a little bit more. And if I make it through that move again, I'll be, I'll just be really happy to. So it felt to be like a low pressure day in a way. I, yeah, perhaps it was low pressure. And that's what and I you had a say. break, been to seeing your brother and like all that excitement, new babe. Yeah, know, maybe. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I definitely was not expecting. You know, second go of the day is normally not. Is normally need my full beans, right? Um, mm. I think I was just perhaps a bit more warmed up and yeah, low pressure and. Yeah. I I did change a, a really small detail at the very top there as well. Where I'd fallen off that on that amazing right. go, I just full crimped <laughs> on these holds. That turns out, you know, when you when you're really at the end of your power endurance limit, just closing up your fingers and using like it's almost yeah. like trying to use your skeleton or whatever, like yeah. using your maximum power. 
And then yeah, I pull through and you actually get this rest and you've got to rest there for a few minutes to get everything back. And then you do this quite, very easy to fall off 7C kind of climbing. And um, so it's really high pressure actually, because you've, you've had all this time to, to come out of your focus bubble yeah. and you're like hanging there on the rock, on this really big hold, um, but your weight's kind of on your arm still. Um, and you've just got to look up at this relatively easy bit of climbing that's so easy to fall off. And it's like two bolts, but you don't clip anything because you don't want any rope track or anything. And um, oh yeah, climbed that perfectly. And I got to the very top of the route, clipping the very final and um, the chains. And I, I just, I actually just didn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Hazel was, you know, screaming. Like, yeah. She was so happy. Was, yeah, yeah. The recording, I watched back the recording. It's, yeah. it's so nice. But actually, I, I was just in disbelief. Yeah, yeah. Great effort anyway. Yeah. So you, yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. As, as it left you thinking, yeah, I want to go back and do that again <laughs> next winter. Or is it like, um, I really now I've, I've thought about all the, you know, I've been thinking about all the other things I could do in climbing. So I really do want to, um, it's not like I I, may, I would like to go back and climb hard sport again for sure but yeah now I'm thinking of a completely different challenge you know really like big wall climbing is what oh, I can't get that out of my head I really like yeah, to try yeah. big wall climbing I remember seeing um, like Tom Randall did like a big link up in the lakes didn't he and yeah. like running and doing um, yeah. not such hard climbing just like bigger like more, more volume low intensity a different kind of journey Exactly, yeah. So yeah. now I think about all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've not like actually um, set my sights on an individual project yet, but just yeah, hopefully enjoying the kind of relaxing. Um, but you do, so you are keen for a big project, but it probably won't be a sport thing. You're just trying to get your head around what it is and. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it will be like a big, but yeah, just in a very different way. You know, I think. Um, I'd do you like, do you like having a? I mean, do you like having a project? Is that you know, like within a year, yeah. a portion of time? Does it? It gives you like I don't know a structure or yeah, like it a does, focus. Yeah, and I think like projects or like you know, um, as I kind of hinted before, like it's a good way to direct your efforts. Um, if you, I could say that I want to get um, better at overhanging climbing, or I want to get better at holding slopers, I want to get better footwork, or I want to get better at being on a run out or like manage my fear of falling or something I could better these are all things you could get better at like process goals sure. but having some sort of objective is a really nice way to direct it yeah so um, and they I you know I really like on-site climbing and um, I, I, I really I really love on-site climbing but the the projects you have kind of a, a longer term relationship with the project, you know? Yeah. So I think my some of my best climbing experiences have been on sites, but I don't remember them that well. Like I was totally in flow and yeah. I don't know the route very well. Yeah. Whereas like that Escalata Masters project, yeah. I know it inside out, I know it really well. Yeah. And it's such a long thing that I I can remember it really well. Yeah. And, and there's also this sort of feeling that you actually learn to climb something well when you spend that long out on it as well. So you learn a bit about your climbing, you yeah. can reflect on when you did something right or when you did something wrong with on site climbing. Yeah, you, you you don't get to sort of try it more than once. Though. Sure. If you, if you if it's just about the onsite. So. so going into trad a little bit more, as you mentioned, you I know you love that, and we've chatted before about Indian face and all sorts of cool things that you've done. The fear of falling, um, you know, where maybe it could be a big fall on a trad route not necessarily catastrophic or something but how do you i mean are you naturally quite good at that do you have to do any prep each season i'm just thinking of people might be listening who that's a big deal for them 
Mm. We've talked about the fear of failing, and I think talking about the 9A in Spain is a really good example of that, working through that. But fear of falling is another big one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say I'm naturally, I mean, even if I go out sports climbing, I benefit from jumping off a few times just to kind of, because I'm a bit of a, you know, uh, and I guess a lot of people might be trad climbers who, it was always, uh, you know, don't fall at any cost. But then you're getting into stuff that's, um, you know, some of these trad programs, they are hard. They're super physical. You know, Mm. they might be a sport grade of whatever, pretty respectable. Mm. Do you, how do you deal with that? Well, I, um, I mean, to answer your question, I think there's some some aspects of like fear of falling. I think I am um, reasonably good at, and like some of that is like maybe natural, naturally, of natural affinity of like um, being able to shut out <laughs> the fear a little bit. But I don't yeah. think that's dealing with the fear, and that's a little that's a different thing, you know. Just I think able to switch it off. Yes, yeah, so I, I think I'm quite good at switching it off for whatever reason, you know. Um, maybe I think you know I got into quite bold trad when I was quite young yeah. and reckless and didn't know any better. And maybe that just I sort of that carried on, right? Yeah. Um, so switching off thing I'm quite good at, but I don't think I'm I'm not naturally necessarily good at actually falling and not being scared of actually falling. Yeah. So when I go and do if I do full practice, I'm not I don't think I've got a, a huge comfort zone for like actually big falls, and yeah. perhaps that's because you know my first sort of five years of my climbing were just trad, and I actually didn't take many falls at all. No. And um, perhaps like not, you, not not wise on things like Indian <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, or like you know, I started at Nescliffe and there's a lot yeah, of like exactly. not falling there. Yeah. Um, so then you, so you do go out and you would do some fall practice every so, now and again, yeah. And yeah. So I mean, sport helped a bit because yeah. apart from just you take the trad gear out of things mm. and you get used to just falling through the air and yeah. falling on a rope, yeah. and you learn what a fall is like. And also, falling is a physical skill as well. Like, mm. it helps to um, to be clear. Know, we're chatting about here. We, just for people listening, we're not talking about falling onto the ground. Yeah, no, or, <laughs> or hitting things. We're often when you yeah. do your fall practice, because people might be listening, thinking, well, "This is a bit crazy," but you'd be picking something that's quite safe. Yeah, so you, you just you're able to kind of almost like a drill, I would imagine, where you're going and you're falling off. Absolutely, yeah. But you know it's safe. But it's just it's going to help you kind of relax a bit more get more comfortable with it yeah yeah so be, yeah to be clear like the full practice is, is definitely we make sure it's safe like sure. if i'm going to do any full practice i don't want to um put myself in any danger for no, practice exactly. <laughs> that would be, yeah. and yeah it is a drill um so yeah falling on sport climbing um either rehearsed or not um would um it helps to you know, um, as I said, falling is a skill and knowing how you land on a slab or on an overhang, you know, all that kind of thing really helps because you have got to learn to like bend your knees or that kind of thing. And also I found that, you know, if you, if you are a bit more practiced at falling, um, you're more relaxed in a fall and that's also safer to be more relaxed. So it's kind of, um, think of it as a safety thing as well, just being a little bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, and, and then transferring that to trad as well we do similar things but maybe in a, a little bit more controlled like I've actually planned this made sure the gear is unquestionable and then maybe put um, slightly more questionable bits of gear above so you are testing a bit of gear that's questionable but you're oh you know, you're not 100% about um, but you've got a whole a full safety system after it or like beneath it but the main the main thing the, the all the full practice is to start really easy yeah. and to make it um, find out where your comfort zone is, which might be, you know, a little bit um, 
a much shorter fall or a much you know and um, much further below the bolt or you know on a top rope um, your comfort zone might not be where you think it is and work out really slowly and super small steps super yeah. exactly super small steps yeah. and just like work slowly out of your comfort zone and, and as you do that you get a bit more uncomfortable and you go back to your comfort zone and and you sort of have more positive um sort of memory of the of the full practice or the or whatever it's you've been doing even if it's not a practice and then you've sort of been in this just outside your comfort zone and your comfort zone stretches that way whereas if you um if you just do the biggest fall you could take at a crag you'll actually just have a really bad time and then practice you know yeah. it's quite traumatic actually if you take if you yeah. take a really have a really horrible experience of climbing and this is the this is the problem with um what's really hard for beginner climbers is that they don't know where their comfort zone is and they don't know anything about climbing yet that you know it could be a really frightening experience and they don't know that yet and then one of their first experiences of climbing could be really um really psychologically challenging and, and really quite scary and yeah. you've got a really negative association with climbing then because you've just been you know in your panic zone um and ironically on some of the easy when you start out track climbing the diffs and severes they're kind of it's kind of ledgy absolutely think. So that's a really hard quite thing a lot track. to hit yeah, it actually, really kind of gets easier sometimes as you get yeah, into the harder or, or safer. For, yeah, certainly, yeah. yeah like that, um, that's a really hard thing about um, trad climbing, actually. Yeah, the, as you say, the uh, I mean, once you start yeah, going past severe, you know, there are much fewer ledges and stuff. Um, but those V diffs, like although you, you're less likely to fall, if you do fall, yeah, <laughs> there's stuff to hit. So um, yeah, it's a really hard thing. And luckily now, you know, we've got sport climbing and climbing walls and. You can break the challenge down a bit, perhaps, and top rope something, and get used to climbing a certain difficulty, and then transfer that onto lead or something. But yeah, it's a hard thing. So you, yeah, I mean, you, you obviously your job is you taking people out, climbing, coaching. What do you see are the um, the common mental sort of barriers for people? Is that is that one of them? I guess falling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, uh, the big ones are, are fear of failure, as I yeah. go my experience. Yeah. Um, in Spain and, and fear of falling as we've just been talking about there's, there's yeah. certainly the two big ones or like fear of failure I suppose um, uh, it can it can look a bit more like fear of what other people think it's like a social fear right and we're a lot more a lot more socially driven than, than you'd think actually mm. so fear of failure sometimes like um, it's actually a little bit of fear of what other people think and um, um, social fear if, you, if you're in a climbing wall or a crag that's busy Know, be, being the beginner there or mm. or even being the experienced person um, now if somebody recognises me at the crag I'm like oh no you're going to find out how bad a climber I am and that's you know that's a social fear as well so yeah those sort of social fears and fear of falling are like one big category and fear of um, falling sorry fear of failure and social fears and then fear of falling yeah the, that social fear I, I, I like that yeah because there's always a you know there's always a well, often there can be a cliff, a bit of a scene. It might just be, might not just be your friends who can be supportive. There could be a whole, you know, thing. Are those people watching me? What are they going to think? You know, you're yeah. right. It's not always obvious as well. You don't, you don't yeah. realise that you feel less comfortable because mm. it's busy. It's not always that obvious. Or um, are you good in front of a crowd or less good? What do you think? Um, as in, do I, do well, I, I mean, perform would you, better would, or do yeah. I feel feel yeah. okay? Yeah. Well, the, both of those yeah. aspects. I was thinking of like. Yeah, I never competed or anything, but I was just thinking, what would it be like to be, you know, because that's that onsighting in front of all those people. I, I think I'd probably let. I think I think I'm probably not so good. 
Yeah. I think um, I much prefer to be judged by gravity than by other people. Yeah. And even if you know people probably aren't judging at all, and, yeah. and it, it usually usually no one cares actually is the reality sure. yeah and you know we we, we make these assumptions of what the people are going to think and um, yeah yeah i think uh i'd say i'm i'm not particularly i'm not too bad really about what people think by um it is a challenge for me as well um yeah being a for example busy climb wall busy crag um or a busy crag might be fine but when someone says they know me and that, that you know they... oh, that's angus he climbs 9a <laughs> Oh, that's the worst What's thing. he doing? Of? Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, you're going to see me really struggle on this seven, you know, seven. But in a way, it could be more like you've done that and said uh, the pressure's off in a different sense. You know, you, you you maybe don't feel like you need to kind of keep up a... Yeah, I mean, that, that, to a certain extent, that is true, yeah. I mean, to a quite a large extent, really. I don't feel I need to validate myself as a climber as much or... I'm now in a relaxing phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I def- yeah, I definitely have noticed that I'm... Um, much less um uh i'm less um focused on what other people are thinking or you know what i don't think so much about what my blog book looks like or anything like that um i definitely put a lot more value in just the fun of climbing and the, the process and stuff like it's easy to say but it has it has been a long time come you know it has taken a long time for me to get there actually to just it's a gradual process of um just enjoying that process and not yeah. not caring for what other people think. But I think, you know, I can really see with my clients and that that, as well as fear of falling, which is really natural, really instinctive, and, and everyone has it to some extent, you know, really everyone does seem to have it. Um, that fit, that social, that social one can be a really difficult one to navigate mm. when, you, when you're new and... Um, I've had, I mean, I've had people just, you know, coaching on rock and sort of said to them, trying to make them feel light, not just in it, but, but just trying, yeah, unshackle all these things before. Even if you're trying on a top rope, don't worry about anybody looking at you. Don't, just all that stuff. Uh, you know, just trying to. You can often see it in people's faces, can't you? Just trying to get them yeah. to relax. Yeah, and, and um, focus on what's going on, like in the moment, right? Um, I suppose when you're climbing, a, a really simple way of describing fear would be either 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 kind of fear or any kind of fear. A really simple way of describing it would be a distraction, right? And whether you're scared to fall or scared to fail or whatever it is, it it presents itself as a distraction when you're climbing. If you can either deal with the fear or um, shift your attention away from it, recognise it as not very helpful thought, and think about like actually what the rock is right now. And often, actually, when we're really scared, we're actually um, reacting to something that's not happening. For example, you might you might think. What if the rope snaps, or you know, what if what if my bill is like not paying attention? Are those things you're reacting to something that a isn't going to happen, isn't happening, and b probably won't happen. That the rope's not not going to snap. Um, and then similar things with fear of like what other people think. You know, what if that person just thinks I'm I'm terrible at climbing it? The reality is that they're either not looking, or they you know, actually just think you're climbing quite well, or something like that. Um, so. You're, dist- you're you're reacting to all these things that aren't happening. Whereas if you can distract, you can um, focus on what's happening now. Have focus on the climbing rather than those distractions. Um, you can climb a lot better, and you can be more present, and you can have a lot more fun. Yeah, and when it goes <laughs> well, I mean really that's, well, I guess, the essence of climbing, isn't it? That it's the act of moving on the rock is that you hopefully can shut out any worries or of, of other things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think if you or I would just describe like our best 
climbing experiences, not just like the trips or the exhibition, but the actual experience of climbing, we would describe not being distracted, we would describe being in the moment or something yeah, like totally. that. Yeah, totally. I think yeah. I can really remember when I was like a teenager, I was, you know, an anxious teenager at school, really loving the escape of being actually in quite sketchy, you know, climbing. But it really forced me to not to be on the rock and not thinking about homework or um, yeah. what the lads thought of me at yeah. school or how I didn't fit on the rugby pitch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that, and 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 I've taken that through my climbing. I really enjoyed that kind kind of escape and. That, yeah, it's a bit like mindfulness. I'm joking here, but I think, oh, your homework must have been really, really full on. You were escaping by, by escaping by going to Nestcliff. Must have been an awful school. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody, we're, we're talking about Nestcliff, which is a, a brilliant crag, but it's not for the faint-hearted, is it? No, I mean, do you get back there much? No, I, I, um, I really want to get back actually, because there's a route of Nick's that I've not done. I sort of fell off it seven times. Um, but yeah, I need to get back and do that. Yeah. It's a bit of a Let's finish by chatting about big walls then. So, I mean, are we? I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't need names or anything like that. But Yosemite, yeah. somewhere like is that what you're thinking? Some, because there's so many incredible lines there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. love trad. Yeah, yeah. Is that? I think, would yeah, you like a, to get back I'd out love there? To get back there. Yeah. Um, Yosemite Black Canyon as well, and and even just you know the trad in the American desert. Yosemite is just such a. I mean, it's. It's just as good as people think it is, basically. Yeah, and then the, the Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Is that what you is that what you mentioned? Yeah, as well? in Colorado. Is it Colorado? Oh, I think it is Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, Are you planning to head out there? Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully at the end of the year. I mean, we Brilliant. actually wanted to go out there the past two years as well, but COVID has got in the way, and every year we're like, yeah, no, this time. Because that's we'll quite it. different to Yosemite, isn't it? And obviously, you have to, I think, rip abseiling yeah and there's not necessarily a rescue team around yeah there's not a tourist lots of people have epics I've had lots of mates that have had epics getting lost on the classic route is it scenic cruise I think if you go the wrong way and having (laughs) then it sort of gets a bit dark and it's big isn't it it's big and you've got trad belays as well which is distinctly different from um, right you've got to set up all the anchors yourself exactly quite committing it takes time it takes a bit bit more a little bit more skill and critically you can't just abseil down which not all of El Cap you can, you know, like um, you traverse over the, the heart of each one El Cap or something, you can't, you need like a, a sort of 500 metre rope <laughs> to get off past this feature. But you, you if you abseil down um, Black Canyon or try and back out, you have to leave a lot of kit and you might not have, you know, you might not have all that kit or <laughs> you might just not want to leave yeah. all your expensive rack on the rock. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a different proposition, but that's really exciting, you know. As yeah. British climbers, it'd be really cool to do more of that kind of climbing, and then El Cap, yeah. Just, I think um, I know I, I, I don't know if I should say this because I probably won't end up doing it, but I'd love to try to, to uh, climb El Cap in a day. I think that's you know. For what route would you take? Do you think? I think free rider. I think that's yeah. the one. Yeah. But um, Golden Gate looks really. When I when I was on El Cap, um, Emily Harrington was trying Golden Gate in a day. Dan McManus and I were like day five. We just, we just struggling across the crook, crooks pitch, and Emily turns up on our ledge, and I said, "Oh, when did you leave?" And she was like, 3 a.m." Wow, well, like, yeah. we left five days ago. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now that'd be a great achievement, wouldn't it? So in t- yeah. to get in shape for that, um, is it just getting out on trad as much as you can? Yeah, Maybe I think trying to do big days, trad. Yeah, trying to do a lot. You know, cycling places, doing a bunch of routes cycling back or yeah walking you know, big much walk-ins. more all-round 
physical fitness compared to the 9A in Spain. Exactly, a different yeah. kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah, a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, the route in Spain was really um, specific, and yeah, you you you're not going to spend that long on the route. It's not going to be twenty three hours or whatever. And um, this will be the good thing about climbing something in a day is that, like on our cap, it's probably similar difficulty to climbing it in two days because with two days you have to carry kit and much more water and you have to haul something and, and maybe a ledge but you probably wouldn't bring it for two days um, and, and sleeping equipment and everything so climbing it one day is almost as easy as climbing two yeah um, maybe have some stuff stashed possibly somewhere yeah possibly yeah depending on what your, what your style yeah. is and everything but I th- that idea of just setting off and, and getting really high on the wall and even failing and just being completely exhausted and having just done you know 25 pictures of El Cap Granite just seems really really cool <laughs> brilliant yeah, yeah awesome well best of luck for that and thanks for chatting to us as always Cheers, Angus yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, yeah brilliant that's been Take a pleasure care. thank you thank you for listening to this episode I hope you enjoyed it I've been your host Andy Cave and you've been listening to the Rab Mountain People podcast to keep up to date and to hear more interviews like this don't forget to subscribe I look forward to bringing you more stories and interviews very soon.